You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 7 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and I'm so excited to be back and have a guest. Um, I haven't had a guest in quite a while, so it's so fun to get back into the rhythm of it. And my guest today is a neighbor and friend, Minda Corso, and she and I have lived next to each other for years, and yet we just connected last year. And as we were walking on the trail one day, she started telling bits of her story And I was blown away. And I was like, I need you to be on my podcast. So Minda, I'm so glad we finally made this happen. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Um, As we get started, I was wondering if you could share how you came to know the Lord. Well, I have never not known Jesus. Um, I was raised in a home with parents who were Um, first-generation believers, actually, and they got saved after high school, and um, they started having a family and raised my sisters and I in the church. My dad was actually a pastor, Um, and so, yeah, I have never not known Jesus, but I will say it was probably closer to, like, when I went to college that I started exploring what it looked like to know him outside of my parents and outside of my surroundings, so yeah, I have always known him and always loved him, thankfully, actually. Yeah. How do you feel like that has shaped the different seasons of your life? There is something so settling to me about having him as a constant, like through every single season. Um, I was telling a friend recently that, you know, there are times in friendships or relationships that you are going to a person or a friend or a partner and you are bringing your broken self to them. And in return, they're bringing their broken self to you. And that is how your relationship is formed. But with Jesus, like he is the only person that I can bring my broken self to and get wholeness in return from. And I think that has been something later that I've learned that I'm able to look back on and say, man, like I went to him in this season and I received wholeness from him, or I went to him in that season, or this happened and I just went to him broken. And it's actually a really good deal. (laughs) Like it's a really good deal to have a person that you can go to a being and a comforter that you can go to who is not saying, okay, well you give me your broken stuff. But you also need to make space for my brokenness too. That's not the it's not the case. So Oh, that is so good. Last week I shared a message about Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer and comforter. And you know, he makes things whole and everything you're saying. And so the fact that this is the first thing you're sharing too, I'm like, okay, somebody out there needs that reminder that. God can heal their brokenness, and their situation might not change, but He can make them whole in it. Yeah. Um, Could you share, do you have a specific example of a time that that happened for you? Yeah, so I think, um, so I'm in a relationship right now, which that's a whole other segment of a story. I turn 40 next month, and I have not ever been married, and most of my adult life, 
has been sent, spent single and I am in a new relationship and I've been learning things about being in relationship that in my mind I have thought I should have learned this so long ago. Like it feels like I'm 20 years past the time of learning what maybe a lot of my friends have learned. And I was telling my uh, partner, I was like, you know, there's times when you and I talk that I want to just come and dump on you and vent to you. And that's not fair to you all the time. Like, and he wants to hear that. He wants to, to know all of the things that are happening, but there's always kind of the give and take of like, okay, here's my hard day. Tell me about your hard day now. And I told him, I said, man, like there are so many times where it's not that I don't want to tell you about my hard day, but I want to take it to the right place first. Like I don't ever want to lose that relationship that I've had with Jesus that I've been building for the past 20 years of my singleness that like it would be tempting to be like, well, I have a partner now. Like that's who I go to when in reality, I want to go to Jesus first, take him all of the mess and then come back to my partner and say, man, this happened today. I've already kind of been processing and dealing with it. And I'm not necessarily looking for, you know, you to fix it, but I want you to be a part of my day to day. But I also, I've, I've already dealt with it and I've already been challenged with it. And I've already let the Lord kind of heal the pieces that he's needed to heal or maybe correct the places he's needed to correct in me. And I, I think over the years, as I've been single, um, I have taken for granted my relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. and just that intimate, like personal relationship. Um, and I've always wondered, will this be the same when I have a partner? Will I still connect with the Lord on such a personal level, even when I have a partner? And it was so quick in my relationship that I realized oh my God, I cannot give this up. Like this is the most important. And so it's just been a sweet reminder that the Lord has just been like, no, you still need me. You still need me. So, yeah. That is convicting for me because I constantly have that struggle of wanting to go to man first, whether it's my fiance or even like before him, it was my parents or my friends or even when I wasn't in a, you know, like, dating relationship, it was always someone because going to humans feels easier sometimes because they're tangible. They're in front of us, but they can't give us what we really need. Right. And I think what we want a lot of times is affirmation that yes, your feelings are valid and you you want someone to rise up and take a defense with you or take up an offense alongside you. Like, yes, yes you were wrong. Then this is horrible. And there is a time and a space for that. Trust me, like my closest friends have heard the gamut over the past, you know, decades of all of the things that have been hard, but they also typically hear it on the other side of me taking it to the Lord first. So I'm maybe not dumping on them. I may not be going to them saying, what do I do? It may not be anxiety ridden. It may just be, I want you to witness my life and I want you to see what's happening in my world. And here's what's happening and just see it alongside me. I think that's the difference too with relationships, friendships, family members, partners, you know, dating relationships is we want someone to witness 
our life. And, and I think that's where, that's where those friendships have been the most important piece for me, that they are witnesses to my life. They're witnesses to my pain and my grief and my joys. And the Lord is as well. And the Lord is healing and working and correcting and encouraging but my friends are witnessing. So I think that would be the difference too for me. Yeah, and that's such a healthy shift. Like I feel like there's someone out there listening right now who this is blowing their mind of like, oh, I have been putting everything on my partner, wanting them to carry it for me. And they're just human too. And so taking some of it off their shoulders and letting them walk through it with you, but not carry the weight of it, because that's only something Jesus can carry. Right. It, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, okay, if you're <laughs> out there and that's hitting you, don't run from the discomfort. Just soak it in and give it to the Lord. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so back to your story. And um, one of the questions we had kind of talked about is, has there been something hard in your life that has been worth the struggle? And um, yeah, so I want to throw that to you. And I know I've heard a few bits of your story, so I'm excited to see which direction you're going to go with this. <laughs> there are so many directions because isn't life just hard? Like, I think the older I get, the more I recognize this is not getting easier and the more people that you bring into your life and into your world and the more people that you begin to love, you see more heartache. Like it's just, it would be so tempting to just say, I am just going to hermit myself and only have to deal with my own pain. But when you love people, you get theirs as well. Like I have two new nephews. My sister had twins in 2021 and they're the first nephews that I like, I never had nieces or nephews until this moment. And I remember getting on the plane to come home after seeing them for the first time, they were two weeks old. And I kid you not, I just started sobbing on the plane thinking to myself, they're going to go to school and face hard things. And, and I'm not going to be able to take care of them. And what are they going to do if they get bullied? Or what are they going to do if somebody hurts them? And, and I just started like taking on all of that future what if, you know, kind of pain. But so all that to say, life is hard, and it's going to be hard. And um, yeah, I have faced hard things. And probably one of the ways that I would, the direction that I would go in is um, 11 years ago, I was living in Florida. So I originally am from Texas and lived my whole life up until I was 27 in Texas and moved to Florida for a job. And I had been there for about a year, not quite a year, when I was on a work trip to D.C. and I got a phone call from the Tallahassee police saying, hey, we're trying to locate your body. And it was like 430 in the morning. And I said, well, I'm at a conference in D.C. I'm safe in there. I said, OK, you know, there's been a fire at your apartment complex and we're just trying to get all of the residents over to the clubhouse. I was like, OK. Um, and they said, we'll keep you posted as we know more information. And in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, OK, surely it's just like somewhere else in the apartment complex. It's not my building. I'm fine. Um, and got off the phone and immediately called my parents and then called a friend in Tallahassee and was like, 
can you get any information for me? And um, went downstairs to where several of my colleagues were. And I just said like, hey, I got this call. My colleagues were on it. They were calling people that they know. And then this one guy calls and he says, hey, I'm on my way there right now. And he shows up and he says to my colleague who he was talking to, Joanna, he said, Joanna, as long as she's not apartment 915, she'll be fine. And Joanna like puts the phone down and she looks at me. She goes, what apartment are you? And I was like, 915. She goes, okay. And in that moment, she then has to tell me that my place is gone. Like everything's gone. And he says to her, he says, if there's something that she wants me to try to go in and grab, like, let me know. And that's always like an icebreaker question, you know, like what, what would you grab from your place if your house burned down? I know that you have experienced a flood. Like we, we share like housing woes. Um, and when he asked me that I started, like I became uncontrollable up until that moment, I had just been thinking it's fine. If anything, there's just some smoke damage, like I'll be fine. And all I could think about were my journals. Um, I have been an avid journaler since I, well, probably since um, the end of high school. And I'm not like a dear diary kind of person. Like today I went to the store. My journals are my accounts of God's faithfulness in my life. And that is all that, I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly, like how he has provided, how he has been faithful to me. And in that moment, I, I mean, I just was inconsolable. And he said, I told him where they were. I was like, here's where they would be. I keep them in this like plastic bin, you know. And um, about an hour later, I get a photo from this man who sends me a picture of the box of all of my journals. And not a single inch of that box had been melted or even was wet from the, the fire hose like chemicals basically that they're using. Um, And every single one of my journals came through the fire unscathed. And at that point I knew I'm okay. Like everything else is gone. I'm okay. Because I just like in that moment, I think I was thinking to myself, if those are gone, I don't have anything because the amount of times that I go back to my journals and reread and remind myself of his goodness and his faithfulness. Like, I mean, that's what I do. Like if there was to be another book of the Bible added, like the book of Minda, it would be my journals of just account after account of God's faithfulness to me. And I look back now on the fire and I am so grateful for well, one, I'm grateful that the journals came through unscathed, but I'm, I can now see, um, the kindness of the Lord in that struggle. I can see the kindness of the Lord in the way that people rallied around me and showed up for me after the fire. I can see the kindness of the Lord in the way that, um, that just things fell into place, like moment by moment. Even the whole time I was finishing up the conference, you know, I was like, I will say my boss was like, you can go home. Like, you do not have to stay here. And all I thought was go home to what? Yeah, there is nothing to go. There is nothing to go home to. And so, um, yeah, I just think like 
that would probably be one of the harder things in my life that I have experienced. Um, but I also am so grateful that that is part of my story. And I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to one share about the faithfulness of the Lord and share about how he can, in the midst of a fire, protect the things that need to be protected. And I know that that is not everybody's story. I know that like the one thing does not always make it through. Um, but my story and, you know, I, I had a Bible too that was disintegrated. And my mom, I just, I will never forget. She said, Minda, that's okay. His word is already written on your heart. Like you, you are going to be fine. And so, yeah, I would say that it was horrible, but I look back on that now and I, I just feel so much gratitude for not the fire. I feel gratitude for the way that the Lord cared for me in the midst of the fire. Yeah. So Mm. I think I even would just want to tag on, like, I think for the most part, any of the other hard things that I look back on, I don't, I don't hate it when people are like, Oh, be grateful for the fire. And it's like, no, no, I'm not grateful for the fire, but I'm grateful for the way that the Lord cared for me and showed up for me and protected me. And and other hard things, like I'm not grateful for the hard things that I've faced, but I am able to find gratitude in who he revealed himself to be mm. in the midst of that. So, mm. Yeah, that's so good. What would you say to the person who like just got the news of their quote-unquote fire, whatever yeah. their yeah. fire is? Yeah. Um, I remember getting the phone call. I was sitting at the JW Marriott hotel in DC on 14th street and I hung up the phone and I sat down on the bed and I legitimately, I, I kid you not. I just started saying over and over, I know that you love me. I know that you love me. I know that you love me. And I probably said that 50 times that like, that was all I could repeat to myself. And I would say to somebody who's gotten the news of the fire, who's gotten the phone call, who's gotten the report, like, remind yourself that he loves you and his plans for you are good. Like, and it's not going to be the easy thing. Like, you know, if if you touch something that's hot, your your immediate instinct is to pull away. Your immediate instinct is not to be like, oh, I'm going to lean into this, but lean into the truth of the word of God, lean into the truth of that he's good and that he's kind and that he is going to take care of you. Like it won't look like what you ever imagine. Like I think my whole life story is it doesn't look like I thought it would. If I, if I have a book someday, which I might have a book someday, I think that will be the title with it looks nothing like I thought it would look. Mm. And so, but just being able to remind yourself I know that you love me. I know that you love me because the moment we start to doubt that we're going to, we're going to, we're going to lose our mess to put it, put it politely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's so good. Um, In what ways in your life do you feel like God has shown up for you? That's been different than what you've expected. Um, Every single way. (laughs) Um. In this current season, I have been thinking a lot about 13-year-old Minda, and I've been thinking a lot about 
the dreams that she had and the visions that she had for her life. And there has been a piece of me that has felt sad for her um, in a sense of like, if she only knew that her almost 40 years, 40 year old self would be single and with no children, she probably would not have gone on. She would have said "Then I'm not going forward, you know, like, um, and so in thinking about 13 year old Minda, I have to think 13 year old Minda wasn't able to dream big enough for what God could do. She wasn't able to, to see the fuller picture. So maybe her dreams were so small in comparison. And I like to say often that while my life looks nothing like I imagined, it's really just more than I could have imagined. I think about my job when I left Texas and moved to Florida, the job that I was working in was outside of my realm of imagination. It was outside of my realm of possibility. And I tell people often that was an instance of fulfillment of scripture of he will do more than we can ask or imagine. Because I can imagine now at my age, I can imagine some pretty big things. But if I still believe that scripture to be true, that he can still do more than I can imagine, like will 80 year old Minda look back and be, oh, 40 year old Minda just was dreaming too small. Yeah. You know, will, will that be the case? Um, so I would honestly say nothing about my life, about my career path, about the states that I've lived in. Yes, states plural. I've lived in, you know, Texas and Florida and Virginia and DC and Michigan and now Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Nothing looks like I thought it would look, but I choose to rest on the, okay, this is more than I could have imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite things about the current place that I live in is I had actually looked at several units. So I am in a townhome community and I had looked at several units and told my agent, I was like, I'm not going to live in this neighborhood. Thank you. But no, thanks. Don't, you don't need to show me any more units here. And like a week later, she said, hey, I'm going to go look at this one. I'm actually going to look at it for myself. You're invited to come. You don't have to, but I just wanted to let you know. You're not going to be taking me. Um, you're not going to be wasting my time if you wanted to see this place. I was like, fine, I'll go. And I walk in and I just thought, okay, I could potentially see myself here. And when I got in my car to leave, I started like thinking there were only three things, you know, because we all have a list of all the things that we want in a house, right? This was my first home purchase. And I thought out of all the things on my list, this little condo townhome unit has three things. It only has three things from my list. And Jess, I kid you not, when I heard the Lord say to me, Minda, Charlotte wasn't even on your list. Like, you weren't even thinking about Charlotte. So why would you think that this house needs to have all the things on your list? And so I am learning to trust the things that don't look like I imagined they would look. Yeah. Mm, sometimes we have to make a new list. We have to <laughs> or make just a new throw list. Throw out the list. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So Nothing about my life looks like I thought, Yeah, but it's good. It's been a good, like, it's a good life. And there have been hard 
things, but it's still good. It's still good. Yeah. Yeah. Because God is so good. Like, right. He's not going to leave us hanging when we seek him. Yeah. Like you said. And I think that's the piece when we seek him. Mm -hmm. Like, when we are, when we are intentional about seeking him, like he promises, if you seek me, you will find me. Like, that is scripture. Like, he says, if you seek him, you will find him. And so I feel like I have found him. I've been seeking him, but I have found him in the fire and I have found him in Charlotte and I have found him in Michigan and I have found him in my workplace because I'm seeking him. Mm. So, yeah. What might you say to someone listening who's thinking, well, that's great for you. I feel like I've been seeking him, yet I'm getting silence. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads into... um, I think one of your other questions is, what are you working on outside of what's required of you right now? Can I go ahead and just yes, answer that question? Absolutely. Okay. So in 2009-2010, I was working my first job um, out of college. I had been there several years, and it was a challenging workplace. And I'll remind you, I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. Like, you know, I knew all the things that I should do. I knew that I should have quote unquote quiet time and read my Bible, but um, scripture had just never really been, um, it just never made a lot of sense to me. It felt dry and it just was not alive. It was not alive to me, but I had been in a really challenging workplace. And one morning before work, I pulled into the parking lot and all I could think was, I can't do this right now. I need to leave. Like I need to, like, I cannot walk into this building. And so I drove over to Starbucks and sat in Starbucks, just sat there. I did nothing but just sit. And I kind of just was like preparing myself and then went to work. And that day happened to be a little bit better. I was like, huh, okay. And the next morning I thought, well, I'll just go sit at Starbucks again and did that the next day and then went to work and it was better. And then after about a week, I thought to myself, well, if I'm just sitting here, I may as well either take my journal or my Bible and just kind of see what happens. And that began that began a rhythm for me of just starting my morning with scripture. And there was no there was no intentional reading plan. It was just, okay, I just am going to start my day this way because it has now started to prove that my workday started to get better when I started my day this way. And after a couple of weeks, there was one morning that I overslept and I just was like, well, it's fine. I'll go to work. And that particular workday was probably worse than all of the others combined. And in my mind, I just thought, I will not skip this again. Like I won't skip this. But what happened was when I would go and read, I started seeing things jump off the page at me. And Things that, I mean, I've read this stuff before, but stuff's just started to be illuminated to me. And I, at this point, like would send a couple text messages to friends like, hey, I just read this this morning. It encouraged me. Hope it encourages you. And then I would go to like a friend's house on the weekend or go to church or go to out to eat with people after church. And they would say, hey, so-and-so told me that you sent him this text message. Add me to that list. I was like, okay. And so... Occasionally, I would just send things that were popping off the page for me. 
and started sending these text text messages of what I was reading. And I really believe in the passage of that, that scripture that says, when you seek him, you will find him. Like he wants to be found by us. He is not, he's like a toddler playing hide and seek. He's not like finding the best hiding spot. He is literally like, you can see all of him and just maybe like kind of hands behind the, you know, the head behind the hands type of thing. He is not um, hard to find if we will actually just take intentional time to seek him. Um, but I share that because around that time I started sending these messages. Um, I ended up by the time I left Texas uh, a year later, I was sending every single morning, Monday through Friday, a text message to at least a hundred people. And it would just be like, from what I had read that morning, it wasn't like I read and then prepared something and sent it or edited it. It was just like, Hey, I just finished reading this. This is, you know, striking a chord with me. Have a great day. And then I would go to work. And so I did this for years and years and actually just turned it into an Instagram account where I'm just short sharing. I call it just a morning devotional. Like here's from what I've read today, here's something that popped off the page to me. So, um, so that is something that I do like that is not related to my work at all. Um, it's not something that I typically, you know, I've lived in Charlotte for a handful of years and I don't know that very many people know that I do this. It's not like, it's not like I just tell people, Hey, I write this morning devotional. It's just the Lord just, he speaks if we just seek him. Mm. And so, yeah, so that is a way that I am currently um, actively seeking. That would be the thing that I would tell the person is like, if the, if scripture feels dry to you, just keep reading, like start with one particular book of the Bible and just work your way through that one book. That's what, like, that's still what I do today. Like I will just, after I finish a book, I'm like, all right, what book is next? Okay. I'm going to go to this book. And then I start chapter one and read through the book. And then I pick another book and it's not like I'm working my way through the old Testament or through the new Testament. Um, and just read, like just read. And like, sometimes like just hearing the word or receiving the word might be the only, like, that might be the comfort that you need for the day. There might not be some giant revelation that the Lord is trying to be like, this is what you need to hear. But there is something so comforting about scripture and it is alive and active and breathing. And it is still ministering to me like today after, you know, more than a decade of sending these morning devotionals. It's been like 15 years that I've been sending these. And, you know, it's like, I'm still finding new things every time. So, yeah, that is so encouraging. And we will link to your Instagram account. What is the handle for that? It's just Minda Corso. All right. Yeah. So, so easy. yeah, I'll put the link to that and people can follow along and get their daily devotionals with you. I love that. I'm going to follow yeah, you. Yeah. I know. Um, it's- we are almost out of time. Yeah. So my final question for you is, what did we miss? What is something that is on your heart um, that you cannot leave without sharing? Something that I would want to make sure that listeners of this podcast here is just in the way that we want him to be faithful to us. Be faithful to him. 
stick with it. Don't give up. Like, keep reading, keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking. Like, it will be so easy to give up. But don't do it. Like, just keep seeking. I think, like, again, I've, I'm almost 40 next month. It's a big number. It's a big milestone. And I just, like, I am seeing some promises of the Lord be fulfilled in this current season of my life that I honestly never thought would happen. I just, I just didn't think it was going to happen. And I am seeing him fulfill some promises to me. And it is not in the timeline that I would have asked for. It is not in the same context that I would have asked for. It's honestly not even on the same continent that I would have (laughs) asked for. Um, It looks nothing like I thought, but that is what makes it so surprising and so much more than we can imagine. So yeah, just keep at it. If you want him to be faithful to you, one, his faithfulness does not depend on our faithfulness to him. And so like, hear me say that, but in the same way that you want him to be faithful to you, stick with him and he's worth it. Yeah. Amen. Oh, that's the perfect note to end on. Stick with him because he is worth it. Minda, thank you so much for being on today. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. And let's go for another walk soon. Yes, we need to. It's finally getting warm again. The Collected Podcast is sponsored in part by Beauty Counter. Use the link in our show notes to shop for all of your clean beauty needs and 10% of the profits will go directly back to benefiting the podcast. Also, use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off of your first purchase. I loved that conversation with Minda and was so encouraged by everything she said and challenged and just inspired all the things. Um, But when she was sharing about her fire in the journals, I remembered a story um, from when my condo flooded. And by the way, when my condo flooded, I lost everything like three feet down, but everything higher up was totally fine. You know, in a fire, that impacts everything. Like, nothing is untouched by the smoke, except her journals were. Like, if that is not the Lord, (laughs) you know, protecting Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, then I don't know what it is. Um, So I, as I was listening to her, I was very thankful that so much was spared from my flood too. But one thing I did lose was my Bible that I had had for like 20 years and had so many notes and highlights and like my study Bible— that I felt like, you know, so much of my journey with the Lord had been recorded and documented in my studies in that particular Bible. And so when that, I mean, that got completely soaked and then sat in water for three days. Um, So I had to let that go. And I was really sad about it, but I feel like God was saying, yes, you know, you can grieve that, but everything in there is in your heart. And now I'm going to teach you some new things. Like the past is gone. I'm taking you somewhere new. And a new Bible kind of marks the start of that new growth, this new chapter um, that I was going to enter at that point. Um, So it is really cool. Now I have the Bible that I've had since the flood. And really cool to see the the new things that 
God is teaching me. I think when I was in that same Bible that I had been in, you know, for 15, 20 years, you'd read a passage or I would read a passage that I had, you know, underlined and highlighted and marked up. And I think subconsciously I would think, oh, I know this one. I got that. Like, I can kind of skip over this one. Clearly, I've read this 20 times, you know, whatever, which is so prideful, uh, I recognize. But starting fresh in a new—and I got a new version. Um, Switched from—I had an NIV, and now I have the NLT. And it is like a whole new experience where there's no underlines yet. Everything is fresh. Everything is new. I can't come in with my own assumptions of things I've learned in the past. Um, Instead, I have to lean back into God and see what He's going to show me every time I open it. And um, yeah, I was just reminded of that as Minda was sharing. And so I wanted to challenge you out there too, if maybe you do feel a little stuck or or you know you are going to the word but you don't feel like your heart's in it and it feels a little like you know I've read this I know this I want something new maybe get a new bible or read a different you know version and see how that sparks something new in you um, because God's word is living and active and it's always new every time we go to it um so I don't know maybe getting a new bible will will be the change you need this year to go to new places and dig deeper with the Lord. So I'm going to leave you with that. And um, I hope your year is off to a great start. I mean, we're already in February now. January felt so long, and yet it was done in a blink, I feel like. <laughs> January is a weird month. Um, but I'm excited to see what God's going to keep doing through this show and through you all this year. Um, So I hope you're having a great week and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. 